I'm your host, Jerrica, and welcome to She Has a Name Too, the show where we discuss the individuality of moms. Motherhood is an honorable and full-time job, but between the dishes and diapers lies a woman with her own hopes and dreams. Here we discuss the woman behind her title, Mother. I am so excited to kick off the podcast interviewing my own mom. But of course, she's more than just my mom. She's a photographer, a gardener, a writer, and so much more. So with that, let's jump into the interview. Thank you for joining me and being willing to be interviewed, Mom. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, Let's start out. How do we know each other? Uh, Well, I gave birth to you about 26 years ago. Uh, That would be the first day we met was your birthday. There are very few people who get to say that. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's known you as long as I have. (laughs) That's true. Except for maybe the doctor who delivered me, but they don't know me anymore. No, no, and you weren't fond of them anyway, so it's, it's okay that that relationship ended. Um, so can you describe a little bit about how mom life is right now and maybe just a little bit of a background? Okay, well, I'll, I'll give the background first so that you can understand what mom life is right now. I had you, my first child, when I was 20. I was almost 21, and then... I proceeded to have another six children in the next 14 years. It was a very busy time to uh, go through my 20s and into my 30s uh, with seven kids. So now uh, my youngest is 12, which uh, really kind of changes the dynamics of things when you're not doing the dishes, diapers, dishes, diapers daily routine. So now... I have uh, three kids living at home, and they keep me busy, just like any other parent would be busy with uh, teenagers and drama productions and school and making sure that everything is running smooth. Those three, I spent four years homeschooling, so I actually had children at home full-time for 22 years. The other four... We, we had moved cities, so some of them had stayed in the other city and others moved down into the States to go to school and, and you got married uh, down there. So uh, that's where life is right now. So right now it's running with the three that I have and keeping in contact by phone and uh, periodic visits with the other four children who are now adults. Sounds really busy. <laughs> Yeah, it uh, keeps me on my toes. I've had one phone call from your sister already today, and the three. And I help my husband out uh, with his business as well. So I'm, you know, always trying to keep keep all the balls in the air. And sometimes it doesn't work, but life is never meant to be balanced. I've heard that as long as you don't drop the glass balls, you're fine. Yeah. You can drop any other ball. Yes. Well, rubber balls tend to bounce back, right? Yep. So when you aren't being called mom or mama O or mama or mommy, who are you? Uh, that's a very good question. I, I think we're always in search of that as, as mothers because we're always ebbing and flowing. We spend a lot of time when, when we're not physically around our children, our mind is wandering to them. And we're always wondering, making sure they're okay and uh, thinking about their situation. And I, I don't 
I don't think you ever separate the the mom from not mom and it's it is one thing that kind of is consistent in my life anyway um I did spend some time by myself today and I had a shower so you know taking care of our personal hygiene is is always a good thing when we're not being mom uh but otherwise you know I I like to get out the door and uh, do some photography and gardening is kind of my obsession if I'm depends what season we're in whether I'm reading about plants or actually working with plants as winter kind of hits where we live and sticks for a little while so I I make sure that I'm always learning about plants and their uses I'm particularly fond of their medicinal values and how to work with them cool so you mentioned that you're reading that you read and learn about plants how has um and and gardening how has your garden evolved over the 26 years that you've been a mother well when uh, my first garden I always loved gardening as a child I've always uh, in, really enjoyed with my my hands in the dirt and I would hear stories of my my grandmother's garden and how she would talk to her plants and so I just I, I'd always been connected to plants and my first garden as married with a child the plants were kept in the playpen we had a really great westerly view so in probably February or so um, of 1995, I got large plant pots and put them in the playpen so that baby couldn't get into them. And so I, I had bought um, tall telegraph or tall telegraph peas, and uh, they're they're peas that grow to six feet. I'm not quite sure why they're the variety that I chose to put in a plant pot, but I had them staked up and and kept them inside near this patio window that we had. And I was able to start gardening indoors in February. Uh, then we had a patio garden a couple of years after that. We were able to move into a townhouse and we had uh, the garden and you learned to open the patio door and walk out. I think you were about 18 months at that point. And you learned to pick strawberries, which I'm not sure how you figured it out, but you would only pick the, the ripe ones. But these were not red strawberries. They were actually a variety of yellow strawberries. And so you were able to figure out which were the ripe ones and which were not so you'd just help yourself to the garden so it just kind of evolved from there from a you know little plot of land that was six feet by four feet and the plot that we have here at the acreage now is 80 feet by 40 feet so it's a 3,000 square foot garden wow I'm glad you put the plants in the playpen instead of me <laughs> yeah Babies aren't usually fond of playpens, whereas the plants, they stayed safe that way. Yep. You know, you mentioned that um, you're just 
you know, you're always a mother, you're always thinking about your kids, um, but you do have your own hobbies. For example, I am, I got a black thumb. I do not, it's not hereditary. Your green thumb is not hereditary, (laughs) unfortunately. (laughs) You missed out on that one. Yeah. (laughs) But how did you involve your kids in your interests as they grew up? Well, I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things where if they see you doing it and uh, you allow them to participate, I have always encouraged my children to participate at whatever level they are at, because it's true. Some people don't enjoy certain things. And so if you, as a mom, help your children work with their strengths, it has a better flow to the relationship. I'll, I'll Take gardening, for example. In our current garden, there's two times a year that I make my children come out and and help to a varying degrees, uh, which is planting and harvest. And they don't necessarily enjoy um, helping out in the garden. So I I always let them choose because my my garden is my sanctuary. I don't want contention in that space. So I don't force my children into working in the garden because there's plenty of jobs to do elsewhere. So they don't have to be, uh, I guess, wrecking my fun um, because I don't want contention in the garden. So I allow them to fulfill their strengths elsewhere. The older, the, or I guess the younger girls, they're older now. So I can't call them the little girls anymore, but the three who are at home, I give them the opportunity to choose if they come help me in the garden and being inside where they prefer to be. And it kind of works out in our own roles because the jobs in the garden still get done, but the girls take care of the things inside the house. And so if if they're not helping me in the garden, they're helping me by um, taking care of the dishes inside, or they actually make me lunch when they're home on summer break. They'll make sure that I eat because I tend to go out to the garden early in the morning and stay there all day. So they'll bring me water and they'll bring me lunch. I don't usually take off my work boots until I'm ready to crash on the couch. So, so they take care of me that way. So we work with our strengths. And so I don't necessarily make them participate in the garden in my interests, but they support me in those interests by taking care of the things in the home, which if I'm in the garden all day, I can't take care of. That's awesome. So do you have advice for young moms who are starting their own garden who might be passionate about gardening and may or may not have the space? Well, I encourage you to do uh, whatever you can do. Uh, I've always lived by the principle that if you can't physically be doing it, prepare to do it. So I've always been prepared to take on this large garden because I've read about it and I've always educated myself. If you do what you can do, whether it's a little pot of herbs on the counter that you work with, if this is a passion of yours, find a way to incorporate it into your life. And I have found that it was a huge blessing 
in in our lives to to do whatever garden I could. And I always let the kids play in the dirt if that's what they were enjoying. Then they could play in the dirt and I'd teach them about about plants and being exposed to healthy vegetables actually put all of my children on a path of healthy eating. It's not that they're perfect eaters, but they they like fruits and vegetables. They enjoy that. So if you can't physically be doing your passion, be prepared to take part in them. Reading up on them, I mean, we have YouTube now. When, 26 years ago, I had books that I could find either in the library, a secondhand shop, or I could find them at the grocery store. Wherever I was, if I could find a book and I could read it, I mean, now we have the internet. And information is so accessible. If you're interested in something, look for it, learn about it, and head that direction so that when that next door opens, you're ready to walk through it. Yeah, I remember still my favorite thing is to go to your garden and eat the fresh peas. They are the taste of summer. They are. So we've talked a little bit about your history with garden and your passion with it. Do you have any tricks up your sleeve um, for gardening on a budget? Well, you know, we've we've ended up landscaping several yards because I liked new houses. And so I was well practiced in how to do a garden on a budget. Uh, on the decorative side of things, we used to walk through new build neighborhoods and find rocks that we would fill up a stroller or my dad's Cadillac with rocks and bring them home. So we were able to have that type of landscape taken care of just by our own efforts. And with uh, sod, we were able to, I phoned a sod company and I asked them if they had any source of discounted sod. And uh, I left my phone number with this lady and within a few minutes she phoned me back and she said that she had a phone call from another lady in the city and uh, she didn't need all the sod that they had delivered and I was able to purchase it from this lady on it at a discount and finish the rest of our sod. Uh, sometimes I would you know scrimp and save and know I, I just got a feel for how to get discounts or where to look or uh, the or be at the right place at the right time. That's just kind of uh, magical in itself. Uh, strawberry plants for 25 cents the one time. But it's also who you know. Gardeners often, if they're perennial gardeners, they're always dividing their plants, trying to get rid of these plants because perennials overgrow and eventually they start to die off and you need to split them so that uh, so you can refresh the plant. So per perennial gardeners are always giving away plants. So get to know people in your neighborhood. You have friends or family. We had uh, my husband's aunt. Her strawberry patch was so overrun with weeds that she had to till it under. And she took some strawberries out and called us and said, hey, do you want some? We took 90 plants out of a five-foot section of her very large strawberry patch. Raspberries, another one that people are always ready to give you canes 
band, you can start those. So just putting out feelers for what people are getting rid of. Some people actually take out plants because they don't feel like using them anymore. And it's it's kind of word of mouth. Get to get to know people is my biggest advice on how to do gardening on a budget. There's always somebody who could have leftover seeds that they didn't quite use all the package and being able to to share. If people know that you're looking, they'll help you out. Wow, that's really cool. Thank you. It could have been really easy for you to let gardening kind of go by the wayside while raising seven kids. How did you keep a focus on it and save it as a passion? Well, my like I've said before, my garden is my sanctuary. It is really what has brought me a lot of peace over the years in, in my soul. And it's much more than just a pretty thing. I've, I have I love to have my hands in the dirt, and I love to work hard physically. And it, it always makes me feel good to have a job well done. I've had the experience of landscaping our front yard. We pulled all the sod out, and we lived on a busy street. Lots of people walked past the house on their way to the train station. And I saw what my garden was able to do for other people. Uh, you could watch people change as they walked past our garden. And they stood straighter. They looked a little livelier. And they, they ha- looked like they had more energy. That was a long time ago and I've always enjoyed that memory of me being able to make a difference in somebody's life just simply by by being creative and sharing my talents with other people uh my my garden has had its ups and downs depending on where we live like we lived in an apartment so I did what I could and when we lived in a house that really didn't have any good space to garden, I actually grew potatoes inside the house one winter, and we had some potatoes sprouting, so I threw them in some dirt. It's just because it's so important to me, and that peace of mind and, and the excitement to watch something grow. I'm actually really excited. I planted a bunch of seeds on the weekend on Friday. And it's Monday and they're already sprouting. So we're going to be able to have these microgreens that I just opened up a package of lettuce seeds, threw them in a small dish of dirt, like a small tray of dirt. And now they're growing already just a few days later. And we'll be able to have these microgreens without any fancy equipment. I just put them near the fireplace so they kept warm. And now we'll be able to have some lettuce and it's winter. It's something that I don't think I could give up. That's really cool that you can grow plants in the dead of winter. Um, Well, thank you for being so willing to be interviewed. Well, I always love to talk about my garden. It's an easy topic. You're just kicking this off right. Yeah, well, thanks for inviting me. And thank you for listening. Join the conversation on Instagram and Twitter at SheHasANameToo. And tune in next week when I chat with Andrea about dating as a single mom and more about who she is behind her title mother. She Has a Name Too is a production of Mecco Radio. I, Jared Dennison, was your host, 
and was joined by my mother, Brenda Oster. This episode was edited by my way cool brother, Alex Williams. His words, not mine. Mecco.